Welcome to another week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're so happy to be here chit-chatting about you with some yarny stuff and a touch of witchy stuff. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. Sweet. We have a little bit. Actually, Emily's got a little bit of news for us if you want to kick it off. I'm going to be exhibiting at some shows in Cincinnati on March 13th is Art on Vine, which is inside Rheingeist Brewing. And it's free entry. It's a fun time. It's from noon to 7 p.m. And you can come and shop and drink beer and look at cool local arts. And then the next one that I'm doing is the Crafty Supermarket in Cincinnati, which is in the music hall ballroom. And uh, it's going to be from a time, I think that one is from 11 to 5. And it's also free admission and it's a lot bigger. So there will be a lot more artists there. And that one, sorry, I was going to. I was going to ask you what day it was on. <laughs> oh, I haven't said that yet. That one is on April 16th and uh, it is a vaccination proof of vaccination required or negative COVID tests uh, required to get entry, but it's free entry, but you do have to prove those things in order to enter. Awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're looking, if you're in the Cincinnati area or looking to make a trip there in the next couple of times, you can come and see Emily and her merch live and in person. That's so yes. awesome. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, to get into our fibery content, I did finish something. This will not be a surprise to you. I finished your hat test knit. Yay. It's nice. Yeah, this, yeah. It's really nice. This is, it's hard to see because I used a very dark blue, like gray toned blue yarn. Um, this is the comfort zone hat that Emily just designed. It is testing now. It is almost ready to be burst into the world, right? Yes. I think it's going to come out next week. Yay. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to us in the future, maybe it's already out. It probably is. Hooray. So this, the pattern was written for worsted weight. And I was like, oh, I have a random skein of worsted weight that I could use up. And it turns out it was DK weight. (laughs) So I cast on the, (laughs) oops, I cast on the largest size on DK weight and on smaller needles and obviously, and I think it turned out really nice. I did, I did the, I looked at your math to see approximately how long the brim was. And I did approximately that length in inches as opposed to rows uh, on there. And then I did, I believe, um, four full repeats of the pattern before I did the crown decreases, which were super satisfying. I really enjoyed the crown decreases. I would love to knit this hat again. I, Ooh, I have some, oh no, it's like, I have some hand spun. Maybe I can knit a baby hat because I have a nibbling coming soon-ish. But then I was like, I'm not knitting something for uh, baby and hand spun. But maybe I'll I'll cast it on a fingering weight on the largest size and make a little, um, and something machine washable, make a little little hat for a weigh-in. That would be cute. That's exciting. I might do that. One of my testers did make a hand spun version. I saw it on Instagram mm-hmm. and it's very In cute. my yarn mm-hmm. or my fiber. Yeah, it's your fiber. Yeah, it's really nice. This hat looks really great in, uh, in hand spun too, but I like it. It On DK, it came out to be about, an, the largest size came out to be an adult small. Like I put it on um, my head and it fits nice. And it's like on me and my my partner, it just fits like a nice snug adult, adult size hat. 
mm-hmm. you have like a larger than average adult size head, maybe you should do it as written. <laughs> but if you have a, a you can add head, a repeat, the, the yes. repeats are pretty interchangeable. So you could add repeats if you want to mess with your yarn gauge. Exactly. Well, great success. I like it. And it's just going to go into the gift box. Hooray. Cats are mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Well, what have you been working on? I've been working on stuff. I have my sock that I've been working on, which was the sock you helped yeah. me pick the yarn for last time. It's TD Button Studio uh, 3 a.m. on Bourbon Street, which mm-hmm. is the first yarn I ever bought from TD Button Studio. And it's been in my stash forever. Um, so nice. It looks like it's a really pretty pooling. It is kind of stripes. Yeah, it's pulling into stripes. It's got like the pink and purple stripe and the yellow and green stripe. And it was very festive. I worked on it at a Jazz at Lincoln Center concert on Monday. uh, Mm -hmm. And I had it going on Mardi Gras. So it's very festive little New Orleans sock. But yeah, that's just a vanilla sock that I've been working on. Did you do anything for Mardi Gras? No, <laughs> no, nope. Chad had a gig that I did not go to. Mm-hmm. We don't do anything either. We just, I just like to make king cake. Yeah, I would have eaten a king cake if someone would have brought it to me, but I did not go out of my way to find one. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I just do like a cinnamon roll wreath with appropriate colored uh, sprinkles. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because I do, I do have one of the little cake babies. I grew up in Houston, so I just that's the only thing I remember from being a child in the Gulf Coast around Mardi Gras is enjoying king cake. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Sweet. But what else have you been working on? I have worked on my uh, second version of the macaroon box shawl. Yes, um, yes. It's just like kind of bigger it's than growing. it was before. Yeah, but it's getting bigger now. It's crescent shaped, so those rows grow. Yes. So now the rows take a long time. I have this much of the main color left. So still mm, not so much, quite a bit to go. Looks like about what? 20, 30 grams thereabouts. Yeah, probably. I haven't weighed it yet. And then I have my color work <laughs> sock and I have questions for you on this one. For me. So here it is. Oh my gosh. It looks so good. It looks really nice. I am mm-hmm. on the heel flap. And I have started the heel flap doing a slip stitch heel that mm-hmm. fits into the color work pattern, as you can see. Yes, it looks great. My question for you is, is that dramatic enough or should I change it so that the non-slip stitches are pearl so that it shows up more? Because they're currently all stock in that. It, I think it just depends on how subtle you want it. I can see it over Zoom. Um, but if you wanted to make it very distinct, you might want to do the pearls. I feel like it's going to get less distinct on the foot. And like once it's blocked, because it will be like more stretchy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe the pearls. debating doing the pearls. So I, I stopped last night because I wanted to discuss. Yeah, I feel maybe. like maybe doing the pearls. It's not going to mm-hmm. like change the heel integrity and it'll just make it show up more. Mm hmm. Yeah. But yeah, this is, I, did, I didn't say what it is. Sorry, uh, audio people. This is my uh, Lothlorien sock that is a colorwork sock that I'm doing in Lauren's Shadow Facts and Tenuvial colorway. And I have finished the leg and it looks, I feel like it looks really good. Um, I really mm-hmm. like how this stripe transition is working out and that's going to go into the foot. 
and I am starting the heel flap. It looks really good. Yeah. And so this project is designed to be using a little bit of self-striping and a non-coordinating yarn, something that's contrasting. So you'll be able to see all the stripes distinctly. And I'm dying up some stuff for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when Emily's ready to have a pattern, I will have yarn. Yes. It's already yes. dyed. It looks it, good. Yeah, it does look good. I, I concur. Um, mm-hmm. And I need to make the heel chart so that Lauren can knit it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to make a grungy version because... Uh, if anything, I'm just a little grungy gremlin. Yeah. Well, I don't, oh my gosh. I was just thinking about what I've been working on. I haven't made too much progress on my yoga socks. They're pretty much, they're pretty similar to the last time you saw it. They're just calf increases are growing. Cause I'm going to make slouchy like leg warmery ones. Yoga socks. It's just a little rib sock without a toe or a heel knitting it in some awesome Haverland. You can check out all about that in our show notes. Um, but I think I'm going to get, I'm going to get more work done on this when we get to watching the Mandalorian in our great epic star Wars chronological watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so these are pretty similar to last time. I'm still on the first sock, but that's not too bad because they're going to be like essentially knee socks. Progress will continue to be made on these hopefully soon. Nice. But the other thing that I picked up this week is because I had that DK left over from my comfort zone hat, I picked up my Northeasterly blanket, which is, uh, I'm doing in DK scraps. The pattern is written for, I mean, you could do it in whatever yarn you want, but it's written for either fingering or DK. And I think this is a really good scrap project because it allows you to use up every last little inch. I finished my first column. So I have one that's like all the way done and cast off. It's the length of my bed, but I cast on my fourth little column. You can kind of see, and it's all these little chevrons in vertical columns. I mean, they don't have to be vertical, but it could be however you would like to lay it across your couch or bed or, or whatnot. And I just really enjoy the scrappy nature of making these little chevrons. And I have been going nuts on this thing in my very limited knitting time these days. Nice. I like it. it. And it's good because I had a little bit of DK scraps, nothing that was too precious to me. And uh, I'm excited to just to be doing a little stash busting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. have some. I have to send you some DK yarns. I have random ones. Some of it's yours. I have some scraps from oh, my. No. But I have some scraps from my uh, fade you made me. So I figure oh, you don't have those colors. So they'll be I useful don't. to you. <laughs> yeah, that actually is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I also have a little bit of the wheat beer. Like just, a, mm-hmm. I might have used it. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but I had a little bit originally from Natan. So. Well, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd feel worse about asking you to just send me your your scraps, but I, I did put a sweater to you in the mail. You don't need to feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're also just like sitting like for me to eventually do a scrappy project with them. So if you're going to use them, use them up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> Some of my own yarn coming back to me. I kind of, but it's, it, it's colors you don't have. So <laughs> it is colors I don't have. Yay. <laughs> yeah. That is all I've been working on. Have you been working on anything else? Nope. I have one of my acquisitions is on one of the things that I was working on. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. you got a needle uh, cozy. 
I got this needle cozy because I'm using the Haya Haya like flexi flip adjacent things uh, to knit these Lothlorien socks. And they are a little bit shorter than mm. the flexi flips that I usually use. So I was having stitches fall off the side and that's no good with like color work and stuff. You don't want that. Mm. So I had an Etsy gift card because Etsy had me do like a focus group thing a mm-hmm. little bit ago. So I bought this little DPN case thing. Nice. And it's just like a little hand sewn case and it's got these snappies. Uh, so mm-hmm. you can tuck your needles in there and it's working beautifully. It's really nice. I've never had one before because I haven't really had this issue before, but it will be good for things like this. Uh, mm-hmm. And I bought it from Precious Knits on Etsy and they have like just a billion different like fabric patterns and colors of these kind of thingies. Mine has like metallic purple fabric and purple mm-hmm. snaps. Nice. Yeah, I... uh acquired a couple things this week uh we have a within walking distance one of the little cafes next to us is also a bookstore me and my sweetie were in there looking for a birthday present for our nephew um and i did find some books so i had heard about this book on the unladylike podcast that we both listened to on romance novels and they're interviewing people who wrote um like non-traditional romance novels that weren't well i should say non non-cis het white normative uh romance novels and i this is one of the authors that was interviewed casey mcquiston and this is red white and royal blue and it's a uh, queer romance novel which i'm excited about um i actually had this i i heard about it on the podcast and i was like oh i'm gonna get it from the library but i did a sample of the audiobook and i wasn't a fan of the narrator and then i saw it in my local bookshop so i was like of course i'm gonna get it so nice. i did and I was like excited and high on book fumes. And I just grabbed this one because it was on my list stamped by Ibram Kendi and Jason Reynolds. But actually this, I didn't realize until after I bought it, that this is the YA version of stamped from the beginning. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. It was in with like the people's history of the United States and like a bunch of other adult books. So I just grabbed it um, thinking it was the adult version, but that doesn't mean I won't read it and enjoy it. And uh, well, then you I'm, could have a firsthand recommendation for YA readers too. So, yeah, that too. And also, like, my niece and nephew are both teenagers. I'm going to try and uh, this is like not a, a, a fun book to receive for a gift giving occasion, but I can be like, oh, I read this and I thought you might like it. Like, no pressure. Yeah. Which is a, which is a different thing than an adult in your life handing you an anti racism book and being like, you should read this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably a more chill way to go about it. So yeah, got a couple books. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I have one more thing to talk uh-huh. about, which is this. What is it? So it is looks it like it's like a little painting or something, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. a board game. <gasps> My goodness. It's really Tell cool. Tell me more. It's called Canvas. I saw it on TikTok. I was influenced to buy this thing on TikTok. It's Mm -hmm. the first thing I have been influenced to buy on TikTok, and it was a big success. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's by Jeffrey Chin and Andrew Nerger, and the art is by Luan Huang. And Mm -hmm. it's a like puzzle board game. It is uh, competitive. It's not cooperative, but you can also play it by yourself because it's like a puzzle. And it's really neat. Uh, It has this box that you can hang on the wall. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's art and it has this little like drawer box situation. Huh. But we played it last night and you are an artist at an art show and you are making uh, art pieces and you win ribbons for uh, different like aspects of your art. And they're all like different elements of art, like texture and like proximity and like emphasis and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But you have these little background cards and then mm-hmm. there are art cards and you mm-hmm. slide those into the sleeves to make your paintings. Oh, yeah. And you like get various points for like these little symbols down here in your little like mm-hmm. paint swatches. And that's like how the puzzle aspect works. There's different scoring for like getting different combos of symbols and stuff. But I think it's really cute. It's really well themed. These art background cards, the backs are like little backs uh-huh. of canvases and these that's like really cute. clear art cards that you like slide in and layer up are really fun. And it also like this isn't a good example of the cards I have so far. They're all not good examples. So there it makes like a title for you. So like if I had mm-hmm. these two cards, it would be improbable purpose because mm-hmm. there's little title down there so it was fun we played it yesterday and we played it with like the recommended beginning cards the first time and it was fun and nice and chill and then we like shuffled up like the potential uh things that you're going for and it was way harder and way more (laughs) of a puzzle we were like wow our brains hurt now we thought really hard um but yeah it's fun it's only a 30 minute game uh, so it could be a nice like palette cleanser puzzle game and it, you can play it with one to five people. That's super cool. Canvas. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with it. I'm excited to play it more. I think it's a unique really game. Pretty. It sounds like the end. Yay. <laughs> I guess we can pop into our occult corner this week. And, you know, we love talking about mythical creatures from folklore. And we've got another one of those for you today. We're going to talk about the Kelpie, which is very much related to the water horse, which is like very common throughout all of Western mythology and folklore. But the Kelpie is more specific to Scotland. Mm-hmm. So Kelpies are described as like a mythical horse that's associated with bodies of water that are not the ocean. So lakes, ponds, streams, and pretty much every large body of water in Scotland has an associated Kelpie myth to it. And so they, they're most often large black horses with dripping wet manes. Something that I found interesting that wasn't depicted in a lot of the art was that their hooves are reversed. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, it made me wonder if like the leg structure was different or if it's just the hooves. I don't know. I think it's supposed uh, to be like a way that you could recognize if it's a Kelpie or not, which is mm -hmm. fun, fun little built-in folklore test. Yeah, this was actually on my mind because I'm listening to the audiobooks of the Witcher series and there's a horse named Kelpie. And I was like, oh my gosh, we should do. It's of course a black horse. I'm like, we should do that. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that comes up in pop culture as well. Despite like the surface Googling of it, there wasn't a, a super ton of uh, information there. Just like the basics, you know, it's a, a water associated horse with a dripping mane, obviously uh, has all sorts of supernatural powers of being stronger than most horses and having human level of like will and agency they're all Something. also shapeshifters in a lot of the stories. So and they mm-hmm. can appear as like 
often a hot man or woman that is trying Mm -hmm. to like lure you into the water for some reason. The big part about Kelpies that we haven't said yet is that they are a pretty malevolent uh, folklore creature and are known for drowning people and children. That's what they do. They they want you to get up on their back and then they will like you like can't detach yourself from them once you touch them. And then they drag you down to the depths and consume your your body and spit up your entrails onto the side of the river or whatever. Yeah. And this makes them fulfill the traditional role of any aquatic creature of folklore is that it's a cautionary tale for people to be aware of drown. Yeah, to keep children from playing in too many rivers. And I guess because it can turn into an attractive person of either gender that has siren-like qualities, it tells you to be aware be aware of hot strangers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so this is very related to, uh, there is a water horse in Scandinavian and Icelandic lore as well. And uh, it's basically the exact same thing they probably have the same origin but in that one they uh, specifically have a version of the story where it also will like sing or like play music in some way like if it's in a man it might like be playing like a string instrument to try and like lure you to the water in some way and it could be because it's beautiful music or it could be because it's like suggesting it will teach you how to play the beautiful music but that is like extremely siren adjacent right just like this the mm-hmm. singing to lure you into the water yeah and they say in their human forms they will have seaweed in their hair which will probably be wet yep 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 and uh also i saw that there can be uh crosses between kelpies and normal horses which is yes. kind of a fun folklore thing uh and <laughs> if you cross a kelpie and a normal horse then you get a horse that can't be drowned so it's like a super horse and they can be recognized because they'll have shorter than normal ears which it's weird because why isn't why are their hooves backwards i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really like the idea of essentially a magic mule <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that was interesting yeah i i thought the aspect of a male siren to be interesting as well i guess i guess that would pertain to this being uh, an inland water creature as opposed to an ocean right women might be more act like likely to come across it because uh it was Most of mostly the- men's out seafaring in the mm-hmm. olden times yeah in the you know european adjacent waters mm-hmm. we know in other parts of the world that mariners were of all genders yep mm-hmm. yeah yeah what else and i i thought there was it was interesting that um, there was a bunch of lore involving the tack on the horse because sometimes they'll appear as like the the dripping beautiful horse with a saddle and everything and like and that uh, serves to lure people in to be like oh I can ride this and of course when you as soon as you touch it or ride it you can't get off and you get dragged down into the murky depths but there is also the other sorts of like very common lore across all sorts of mythology that if you can put a specific bridle on it, or you can put a little Christian flavoring on that, like a bridle with like a silver cross on it, that the, this magical creature will become indebted to you and labor for you, which Mm -hmm. it may or may not be happy about. But Kelpies were described as being 10 times as strong as a normal horse and like significantly more than that in endurance. Super horse. 
super horse. Yeah. And that's it. And every culture's mythology has stories about tricking a magical being or creature into becoming a fantastical beast of burden that can build phenomenal things for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all I really got. I just have a couple pop culture references. There is a Jethro Tull song that's entitled mm-hmm. Kelpie and describes a young woman being pursued by a Kelpie in the form of a young man who wants to steal her soul to the deep. So that's pretty basic. It appears in lots of st- like books that have fae Celtic lore as part of their mythology. Like It's in Court of Thorns and Roses, and it's in several Holly Black books. And also, it's in Frozen 2. <laughs> in Frozen 2, Elsa tames a uh, mythical water horse called the Nock that is definitely based off of the Scandinavian version of the Kelpie. Uh, and uh, it it kind of tries to fight her and like maybe drown her a little bit in the beginning. And then she like tames it via her ice powers and puts a bridle on it and then rides it to a mis- mythical Iceland. And then it's like her bud horse for the rest of the time. So nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it is uh, not a black horse that is wet. It is a horse that is made out of water and it has like a waterfall mane, which is a cool visual. If you haven't seen that film. Mm-hmm. Man, I was just thinking about watery horses. You made me think of of the first time I was just a kid and I saw the Fellowship of the Ring and I was just like, when, um, well, actually it's Glorfindel in the books, but they give it to Arwen in the movies, which honestly I'm okay with, where uh, said elf, depending on what your source is, raises the, uh, raises the river and it drowns into like very kind of equine shapes in the movie and it takes out the Nazgul. Yeah. Water horses influencing yeah. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Water horses. They'd be drowning people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, indeed. I wonder why people have made such an, like across all of Europe, have made such an association between the horse and the bodies of water. Yeah. We may never know. It's very interesting. Well, questions for people smarter than us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a pretty good, like, little surface dip into the calcium. We should have found more stuff, but there's always another day to google mythology yep and like many bits of folklore if you want to google kelpie you can see some paintings of some naked ladies because you gotta paint naked naked ladies when you're in i was really disappointed that there were there were no like hot half naked kelpie dudes yeah they were all the ladies well Mm -hmm. i mean if you're painting nudes and you're in like the early 1800s you're you're painting ladies right that's what you do boring Mm mm-hmm Give me equal opportunity objectification. (laughs) Yes, on that note, we will uh, transition into our shameless self-promotion section. So if you're just here for some yarn and some mythology, well done. And thanks for hanging out. But anyway, promotion. I will be having a shop update on Sunday, March 6th at 9 a.m. Pacific. And it will be a Tolkien-themed update. I will have so much stuff for you. Uh, I'll have... This one I haven't had in a long time. This is Mithrandir, which is my Gandalf colorway. It's lots of shades of grays and blues, and there's a white, and then it's actually the Shadowfax color. I updated the colorway to include the Shadowfax that is has not debuted yet. And the dark pewter gray will be coming with a mini skein on Stellina. Nice. And so these will only be available as sets with mini skeins. So Mithrandir and the little 
mini skein, which I've called Stormcrow, both of which are different names for Gandalf. So very Gandalfy, And I love it because like in canon, Gandalf has a sparkly scar. So that's why I did the um, sparkly mini. I actually really like this one. It's, it, it makes me happy. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Keeping in the blues and grays, I will also have Numenor, which is going to be featured in the new Lord of the Rings series. So we'll see how that goes. And it's just lots of aquatic-y, bluey, blue tones. There's a cream, there's a light blue, there's a deep navy, there's a gray, and then there's an inky blue-black. I'll have three coordinating colorways. The gray is Arendil, and the blue-green is Anduin. And then the navy is Ndamiel. So this will be three coordinating colorways for Numenor. Nice. And then lastly, I'll have Thranduil. So this is the last colorway for the Hobbit update. This is the last like exclusively Hobbit themed character. I like it. It's very woodland foresty. There's a gray, a green, an orange, a kind of grungy brown, an off-white. And I'll have the two coordinating colorways. There's Woodland Realm, which is a nice tonal orange, and Mirkwood, which is a gray-brown, ultra-grungy. So it'll be two mm-hmm. coordinating colorways for this. And yeah, actually, uh, I messed up a skein of this, so this is what my sample of your sock pattern will be in. Yes, with your new yet-to-be-released Bill the Pony color, too. Indeed, indeed. That mm-hmm. will not be in this update, but if you wanted any of the silk striping and its coordinating colorways, Sunday, March 6th, 9 a.m. Pacific. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then if you wanted to remind people of your show dates and any new merch you got. Yeah, I uh, have a show in Cincinnati on March 13th and also on April 16th. And if you want to find details of that, you can go to my website, kittywithacupcake.com, and click on events at the bottom. And it's got links to both of those things with all the details. Uh, I have my... 90s witch collection that is going to come out at the end of March uh, with junkyard. So keep your eyeballs on my email newsletter and Instagrams for all of that good stuff. Spectacular. And if you want an easy place to find either my yarns or Emily's patterns and merch, just head on over to fibercoven.com and you can, uh, it'll direct you to anything we do on the internet, including our Patreon. We would love to have you there uh, hanging out with us. We have a really cool Discord group. We forgot about news. We have that we have an artist interview up on the Patreon this week. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will have to put that in the show notes in the header. But yes, we have, and this one is totally free. This is not self-promotion. We get no times from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an interview with Rochelle of the Home Row Fiber Co. Mm-hmm who makes just about everything. She designs fabric that she then makes into really nice project bags. I actually have one mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. It's my home row fiber coat, drawstring tote bag. Uh, really soothing natural colors, kind of like nature witchy themed, beautiful work. She dyes yarn. She makes merch. She does project bags. Go check out our interview up for free on our Patreon. If you want to just get a little taste of what it's like, have that up as a public blog post yeah sweet and that's about all of it for us if you want to see any of those things fibercoven.com is where you go and until next week coven keep making yarn magic bye bye